irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. horse is the complete package. He's won from seven furlongs to a mile and eight. He's won on dual surfaces. He's won with and without Lasix. And he's traveled around the world and bought his A game with him. He showed that he was a very top class dirt horse. Balance is key and you know he's just perfectly proportioned. I think that's what made him so athletic and so efficient on the track. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Horse Ownership Experience is brought to you by TaylorMade. Call Travis White, 859-885-3345. Breed your mare to Mishawish or Midnight Storm or the great California Chrome. Not this time. What a stallion roster. Taylor made stallions. Travis White, 859-885-3345. What a weekend. That's all I have to say is what a weekend. It is Tuesday, May 7th. This is the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch. Billy Koch. I don't even know how to say my own name after that weekend. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Uh, I'm tired from this weekend. There's a lot of questions. And I have Michelle Yu, who I think is on the line. I am. Oh, hi, Michelle. Hi. Michelle, are you tired? <sighs> mentally? <laughs> I mean, maybe mentally, yeah. All right, let's, let's get right to it. First of all, we have a great show. We have Joel Paletti. Am I saying his name right, Michelle? I think so. Uh, he's, Pilate, maybe I'm, we'll have to have him say it. We'll I'm have not him sure say it. Okay. Well, he is the owner of Serengeti Empress, who was so impressive in winning the Kentucky Oaks on Friday. Uh, just ab- went wire to wire and um, with, and, and just absolutely it. destroyed him. She loves, loves, loves Churchill Downs. Loves Churchill Downs. But so we're going to talk to Mr. Paletti when he comes on. If I'm saying his name right, if not, I apologize in advance. And But the big story of the weekend was the Kentucky Derby, the 2019 Run for the Roses, won by, I don't even know who won. <laughs> is it Country Maximo House? Security or is it Max? the wire in front, but okay. Country House is the official winner of the Kentucky Derby. Country House in a disqualification, the first time in 145 years that the winner was disqualified. There's all kinds. That's actually a- not entirely true. But not? The winner was disqualified before it was official. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. okay. Thank you, Michelle, for clearing that up. Um, I don't even know where to start. Where Where do we start in in analyzing this race, Michelle? Well, I guess the biggest question, Billy, is: Do you agree or disagree with the disqualification? I think what I would say um, here here's how I would phrase it. I I understand both sides of the argument. How about that? And I don't want to think that I'm just on the fence. I believe all in all that that maximum security interfered with both War of Will and Long Range Toddy turning for home. He mm-hmm. obviously went out five or six paths, um, almost knocked down War of Will, who then ran into Long Range Toddy. Who, by the way, fell down like four different times. If you like just watch yeah. him, there were like three different instances on the backside that I went, <gasps> like yeah. I totally thought he was good at clip heels. So in that regards, 
I I think um, a disqualification was warranted. That's who I. That's where I stand. I I think you have to. I think that's the rules. If you watch enough races, and I think there's been so many arguments, and we'll talk about a few of them now. You know, if that was a race on a just Thursday afternoon at Churchill, it would have been an obvious disqualification. People are 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 in outrage of maybe there shouldn't be twenty horses in the Derby. It's just too many. Uh, mm-hmm. People have said these things happen all the time. It's a roughly run race. Even Bob Baffert said that. That you know I've seen worse. Um, there was an article today by Andy Byer, who posted the Byer Speed Figures, who said he disagreed with the disqualification. What was his sum up of why he disagreed? Uh, he said War of Will had the rest of the stretch to to come back and made it make an impact, and he did not. Uh, that was one of his arguments. He said, uh, I can't remember the other ones, Michelle, but uh, that was his main argument. Uh, listen, there, there's no arguing that... Maximum security was the best horse in the race. Mm-hmm. It's not an argument. Well, that's, I, I'm going to argue that. I'm going to say game winner was technically well, the best <laughs> horse in the race. He just didn't get the best Well, we, we both loved game winner. And uh, I think I, I might have mentioned this. Uh, you know, I never tweet. Uh, I'm at BKLRF. Michelle is at the Michelle U. And I don't really tweet that much other than kind of fun stuff or little red feather stuff or secret spice stuff. Uh, but uh, I tweeted after the race that uh, I couldn't wait for the third graph figure to come out on Game Winner because and I didn't know any of the the statistics, and then I got the trackus numbers, and he was he lost one hundred and three feet to the winner, one hundred and three mm-hmm. feet. I actually got a call from uh, his agent, Ron Anderson, uh, which was pretty pretty funny. And I was like, Ron, I mean, I'm a Rosario fan. I'm just saying, I didn't know what he was doing. He's you like, know, not anymore because we're not going to ride your horses. Yeah, but you know what he said? I mean, he said to me that the horse didn't, you know, got clobbered at the start, which he did. And he didn't like the kickback of that mud and he did dirt. Not. I mean, he, and like, so literally, when I saw him when he got that first bit of kickback, I said he, they might trouble. pull this horse up. Yeah. He hates it so bad. Yeah, and so he said he asked me a question. He said, "And this is funny, Michelle, because he said, what would you have done?'" And I'm like, well, I'm like, first of all, I'm not a jockey, so I, I don't, I don't know. I can't. I'm not on the horse to seeing how he does. But I. I mean, I I would have probably just stayed on the rail and hope it opened up because you're not mm-hmm. going to win going nine ten wide and losing 103 feet. So you're just not going to win races like that. But let's give credit to the now official winner, Country House, um, Flavian Flavian Pratt in his first Derby mount gets the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, many owners of Country House, Michelle. Do you have all the list of the owners? Um, let's see. I have my. I have just had to scroll down to the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Country House by looking at Lucky out of the mare Quake Lake. Come on, internet. <laughs> All it wants to do is like hold me tight. Well, it's LNJ Foxwoods. Right. Know that. Um, as a part owner. Right. <sighs> there it goes. Okay. My computer is just killing me right now. Um, Mr. and Mrs. J. McFadden. Okay. Um, Mr. Shields. And then it says EJM and LNJ Foxwoods. All right, so and it, by the way, he is a double A plus Trunic. You love the Trunic. Michelle, uh, let me ask you a question. If you if you won the Kentucky Derby the way that that this horse did, Country House, how would you feel? Would you feel torn? like Yeah. I mean, I feel great. I just won the Kentucky Derby. I feel very bad for the way it went down because there's always gonna be like an asterisk right next to you. Um, so it definitely makes you feel sad 
that that's the way, especially because in my opinion, you know, you talk about someone like Bill Mott is so deserving to win it. And the horse got a clean trip and he ran really good. Like he deserves work, you know, finishing his second place finish. He, he deserved that. So it's a great boost to get to win. Um, I think one of the reasons that people were such an up in arms though, is because cutting humor was the beneficiary of the disqualification when the incident Country didn't house. really affect him. Country house, not cutting. Country humor. house. Yeah. What I say? Cutting humor. Oh, because I was just actually was just going over our picks and I was looking at cutting humor. Yeah. Um. So I think that was one of the reasons people were so upset about the whole situation was because he, you know, really didn't have anything to do with all the bumping that was going on, and he was the benefit of that. I mm-hmm. think people would feel more apt to the disqualification if he was okay right. if he had bumped country house and himself. also and also uh, the fact that the stewards didn't put up the inquiry sign was strange well let's let's let we don't know because we haven't heard from the stewards so yeah they didn't no, put but it they up didn't. instantly right but listen to that but right. when you were watching on your say your nbc feed at home right right did it look like it was what we've seen now no. with the five pass bearing Abs- out no and everything? i had i had it, no idea there was even going to be an inquiry Right, it didn't look you. that bad. No. So the only, honestly, I was talking to someone that was at Churchill, and the minute they crossed the wire, because he knew I had Country House, he was like, "Hold your ticket, I think there's going to be an inquiry." Oh. And I was like, "Really? For what?" Like I thought going down the backside, maybe, but you know, I think that the view that we all saw wasn't um, clear. So I don't think that but it don't was the an stewards have thing for them. don't the stewards have all the angles and aren't they watching all the angles and didn't Supposedly, they see the horse go I down mean, almost go down War of Will I mean what about the race War of Will ran I mean what a what an yeah. incredible race he was yeah and and for the people who say that oh War of Will wouldn't have won like I think that's I think he could have won I don't think that's right I don't think you can say that he nearly went down at the top of the stretch and you and I both know. That takes a lot out of a horse to recover, and then you know you don't know and if like he was I said, bumped he went and backside three different times. He was like trying to get up into a hole. He got pinched off. He had to like kind of check a little. He had a terrible trip. I think that horse legit could have won the race. I do too. I agree with that. And and I, again, do you agree with me? So you didn't say what your thoughts are. Do you agree that that the disqualification was warranted? I absolutely agree that the disqualification was warranted. I think that maximum security veered out way too many lanes and caused a ripple effect that did cost other horses placings that they could have deserved. Like, come on, War of Will was not, you know, or what's his name? Some of these horses were not going to run 17th and 18th unless they got bumped and moved sideways and, you know, caused that whole situation. Now, I also agree with you that maximum security was the best horse with the trips given in the race. And and we're going to say, right, and there was an interesting question, you know, with with maximum security and what is his stallion value now? Does he go down as he he kind of won? And well, that's it, so funny that you said that because I was wondering about a country house. Like now, when he's a stallion, does it say Kentucky Derby, Derby winner? I guess it does, but people know that he didn't really right? like, win is there the an Kentucky Derby like via DQ. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting, and I think here's the thing, Michelle. And we talked about this a little bit before we well, let's we be honest. He has no value as a stallion. He's by New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah. But let's... Just kidding. Just here, kidding. Here's the interesting thing is that, you know, social media, we talked about it a lot when we were going through the whole thing at, at Santa Anita. And now with this, and now the fact that like President Trump tweets about the Kentucky Derby. What's Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky Derby. Kentucky. I just... I, it, social media is the death of our society. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out and say it. I, I, I mean, I, I just... It's like the loudest P 
people on there are are making a difference and maybe they're really not the people we should be listening to with all due respect. That was my whole thing when we had issues at Santa Anita over the winter. Social media is killing horse racing. End of story. Yeah. Just it's, like, it's like we should... the Twitter stewards, the Twitter jockeys, like yeah. the majority of these people causing these ruckuses have never been around a racehorse, been on a racehorse, right. watched a race from the steward stand. You know what I mean? And never talked to a steward. Like these people that are out there saying stuff, it's crazy the shit they say. And thank God we talked about this also, that War of Will did not go down. Right. I, I mean, w- w- he really saved horse racing by not going down. If he goes down and something terrible happens and there's a massive pileup in the stretch of the Kentucky Derby in front of 150,000 people and however many people were watching on TV and internet, it would that could have been the end. I mean, that could have been truly the end of, of our great sport that we love. Can I so just say this? That yeah. I hit the Oaks Derby double, Serengeti Empress, two country house. I did not use maximum security. So selfishly, I was thrilled. You're amazing. <laughs> this I mean, you are amazing. Yeah. Actually, Billy, I was going back through our contender pretenders. Yeah. And I listed uh, Tacitus as a contender. You, for some reason, thought Cutting Humor was going to finish fourth, which I think is asinine. Um, We both listed Country House as a pretender for win, but will hit the board. We did say that? We did say that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good for us. Good for us. Well, I mean, like we both said, I mean, we both liked Game Winner, and he had one of the most brutal trips of all time. We also said Maximum Security was very dangerous. At least I remember saying that. We both listed him as a pretender. Yeah, but we said very dangerous. Yes. So very dangerous. Um, you know what? Let's get uh, let's get Mr. Politi on the phone. Uh, Ronan, would you give uh, Mr. Politi a call from our back uh, back studio offices so we can so, talk about Serengeti Empress? And then when we're gonna during at the end of the show, we'll go through all the other races, the big grade ones, and we'll talk about Secret Spices game effort coming up just like a hundred yards short. To see if he would you know give us the contact here for yeah. Joel, and he was like, "Well, he's in surgery all day." I'll. And I'm like, I hope that he's a doctor and not a patient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> That's all I could say. Right. I think uh, Mr. Politi's on the phone right now. Joel? Hello. Hey, Joel. It's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu from the Horse Ownership Experience. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, happy to be here. Congratulations, first of all. I mean, yes, what a what an incredible run by Serengeti Empress in the Kentucky Oaks. We want to find out. We want to talk about all about the race and, and the, the all the excitement leading up to the race. But before we do, give our audience that we, we want to learn about owners. That's why we started this show. We it's not Tom Amos's horse, with all due respect. It's your horse, and we want to find out about you. What give us a little bit of your history in the in the game. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, where to start? My uh, history in the game is uh, I grew up on uh, what would be called really a modest, very modest horse farm. So my dad uh, was a um, so I'm first generation American. My, my parents are both immigrants and my dad came um, over with the history of going to the races when he was a kid. And although he was a practicing physician, he put a 12 horse barn in our backyard Nice. And, um, and so we had fields and horses and my job was to, you know, feed them in the morning and I'd get a quarter a day to go feed the horses and clean their buckets. And, nice. um, and, uh, and we let them in and out and took care of them and they were thoroughbreds and, 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 um, it was in Northeast Ohio. So it's not big time racing by any stretch of the imagination, but 
um, you know, as a little kid growing up, it's all I knew and it was great. So we went to the racetrack pretty much um, every weekend and that's what we did. So that was my life growing up was taking care of horses and going to the track. Um, wow. As you know, once that gets into you, it's hard to get it out, right? Absolutely. I think you're talking to two people who feel the exact same way. What? Tell us about your first ownership experience when you went on your own, when you finally said, hey, this is something I really want to get into. Yeah, so um, I uh, I kind of got settled into life a little bit. So I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I have four kids and uh, four daughters, and we... Um, I kind of waited for things to calm down a little bit. And then I, when I, about 14 years ago, I put a partnership group together. And, um, since this is an ownership uh, forum, you know, uh, it's a really great way to get people introduced into racing. So I organized it, I put it together and, um, we pulled some money and we claimed some horses and it was super easy to get into and lots of fun. So we had about 10 friends. Um, and we had a really good time for a long time just putting a little bit of money in and, and claiming some horses. And and so then we did that about yeah, 14 years ago, 14 years ago. And then since that time, obviously you've hooked up with Tom Amos, you've started buying horses just so everybody knows Serengeti Empress was a $70,000 Keeneland September 17 purchase. Um, what, wh- where did you get started when you finally went on your own and, and you were with Mr. Amos and how many horses do you currently have? Yeah, so um, I've been with Tom for about uh, 10 years, um, and, uh, you know, we, um, you know, I I scaled it up and back in that interval, so there was an interval of uh, a little bit when I didn't have anything uh, going and then back in, and um, but about, it's been about a 10-year run, um, and pretty much in full force for the last five, six, seven years, um, and uh um, so right now I've got, uh, five with Tom, um, and, uh, you know, we kind of set out a plan of, but he's been going to the sales now, uh, for the last four or five years. And, um, and I had talked to him about it. And so about two years ago, I started going with him. And, um, so we've bought, bought for the last couple of years and, um, I said in the press conference right afterwards, I think we'll buy some more this year. <laughs> so should we just wait, wait, Michelle. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to, I was, I was going to ask one more question. Can we just give you the credit for picking out the horse then and not Tom? <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, um, I'm smart enough to know who's the smartest guy in the room. So in picking horses, Tom wins that battle. There you go. All right, Michelle, go <laughs> for it. You hooked up with Tom. He's obviously a great guy, longtime horseman, good friend of at least mine. I don't even know if Billy and Tom Oh, yeah, no, I know Tom. Okay. Um, but how did you get hooked up with him? Well, um, having – so I started out uh, – and, um, you know, I live in Columbus, Ohio, so I don't live in Louisville or Lexington. I don't live near a major track. So I don't have the advantage of – um, you know, word of mouth of my best friend is this friend is that friend who told me this is a good guy. So I, I, I basically follow horse racing like a lot of fans do. And I followed trainers and what they did and how they moved horses around and, and where they placed them and how they won. And, and it's not just a simple winning percentage, uh, that determines a good trainer. I think you guys know that it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's lots of things that go into it and you don't know that really until, you get a chance to talk to them. You get a chance to um, have horses with them and you experience the day to day. So, um, you know, truthfully, I, I liked how Tom handled and moved all of his horses 
And I was with another trainer for a little while before that. And I called Tom and just, you know, said, Hey, I'd like you to take the horses. And, um, and having spent a, a fair amount of time growing up in barns with different trainers and, um, having some uh, trainers before him that um, I spent a lot of time just hanging out with him. Tom is the ultimate professional. Um, he spends every day at the barn. He looks and touches every horse every day at multiple points. So he's very hands-on, and that's how you have success in this. Yeah, those are we'll all good points. Talk about Serengeti Empress specifically now. Um, can we just go back to the beginning of her career? Because now we've seen a couple of horses that began their career Indiana Downs go on to win things like the Kentucky Oaks and I think she's the second horse actually yeah. to do that but um that's not the most auspicious beginning so what were you guys thoughts bringing her to Indiana to start her career um well so uh when we had her every step along the way the, the people who had her and getting her uh, ready so we sent her down to Ocala she got ready and um and then Tom got her he typically brings his babies up right the week after the Derby. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, so she was down in Ocala and they loved her. They sent her up and, uh, Tom, you know, had her with other horses and pretty quickly she showed that she was something special. And, um, so before she ran, um, we knew she was pretty good, but that's all a relative term, right? So we didn't know how good she was. And, um, we were trying to get her a start at Churchill um and um we we were targeting the end of june for her first start and then just a little tiny setback i can't remember if she had a cough or or it was just something little she missed a week of work and then we missed the last week of churchill and at that point it was well they don't run at saratoga until the end of july and so um and tom runs pretty frequently in indiana and so we gave her the, the start at indiana and you know, she showed she was pretty good that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously pretty good. And then you go to the Schuylerville, a little bit of disappointment at Saratoga, but you come back at Ellis Park. She wins by 13 lengths. Then you go to the Pocahontas, which is a grade two. She wins by an incredible 19 lengths at four to five in September. And then you make the move can, to the Breeders' Cup. Wait, before we can we yeah. just tell you, can you tell us kind of a little bit about the evening that she won the Pocahontas? Cause I think that was your first graded stake, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it, it was. And, um, uh, you know, having been in the uh, game forever and had a, a lot of horses that were good, but you could almost say, I mean, Tom lives this, this is his whole career. And um, he's, he kind of made the comments after he's kind of for a claiming, being a claim trainer. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of say that that was kind of my MO as an owner. We, I was a claiming owner. I mean, we've claimed and lost a lot, a bunch of horses and, um, never really had and we've had some nice horses we've had some nice horses just we've never we've never won a stake before and um wow so winning that stake uh winning the ellis park juvenile was the thrill of thrills for me (laughs) um, (laughs) i mean that's pretty awesome looking at you now right I, i couldn't believe my eyes when she won and i was um I was screaming and yelling and jumping up and down as if we had won the Breeders' Cup when we won the Ellis Park Juvenile. Right. And then um, we went down and we won the Pocahontas. And um, if for anybody who's ever owned a horse, uh, if you haven't, I, I took my, we had a, a group of about 12 or 14 of us that went down. So Churchill's about three hours from my house. So we all 
caravan down there and um we thought she had a good chance in the Pocahontas but you know she had had it was a tougher field and there were horses shipping in from California and so we really didn't know and um and obviously she ran lights out and at the top of the stretch if you haven't seen the replay at the top of the stretch he never asks her the whole way and all of a sudden he clucks on her just a little bit oh, yeah. and she just explodes and has this widening margin, which is just eye popping. And we were going crazy. And um, one of my best friends took a picture of me as we were riding in the elevator up to the champagne suite at Churchill Downs to have a drink afterwards, which is like apparently what you do when you've been a Winnipeg race. I found out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome. Um, we're riding in the elevator, and I have my head back looking up the ceiling, like I don't know what just happened. <laughs> and um, yeah, captured that moment pretty well. But anyway, it, it was um, it was the it was the greatest. And and the best thing about winning races is when obviously the winning race is fun, but sharing the experience and and thankfully I've been able to share these wins with my friends and my family. And and I'm the sole owner of her, but my intent is I have a bunch of great friends who all they they say to me all the time. I own her and I own <laughs> right. her, and they mean that they're fully invested in her. That's all. And, that's um, great. And, and oh, I do that with Billy's thing. horses and that's all what the makes time. It yeah, fun. exactly. Well, we I read a great story about her name actually, and you mentioned your daughters earlier. Can you share that with our audience? And we'll, we won't yeah, sing. So, We're not going to sing. <laughs> well, you can. We sing the whole way home from uh, <laughs> Um So I have. I said before I have four daughters, and um, they're uh, they're really they they have wonderful, beautiful voices, um, and um, so uh one they all kind of latch on to songs and my uh now my number three daughter annie who's 18 before it got popular with weezer and you know the kind of remake of it um she latched on to toto's africa and just played it and played it but it was the greatest song <laughs> and um kind of retro fun and we were away we have a little cabin by a lake and we were there and my daughter's just sang it for an hour straight playing it over and over and and um it was a lot of fun and so oh, we that was supposed to be it. And... what's that oh i was trying to play the song but it came up an ad oh. i was gonna play it and try to be very <laughs> i can sing from you so at the end of the hour did good. you love the song or you hated the song <laughs> Oh, we love the song. So we named her Serengeti Empress out of the words of the song rises, um, Kilimanjaro rises like an empress of Serengeti. And we, you know, pulled out the words from that. And it sounds really regal. And really, for me, it's more just a tribute to my daughter. That's a, so, that's a great story. That. Let's let's go on because I know we're running out of time. But let's I want there's a couple of things. Obviously, she didn't run well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. We give her time. She comes back. She dominates the Rachel Alexandra. And she's the heavy, heavy. I think she was one to five in the in the Fairground Oaks of grade two. And that day she bled. Um, Joel, there's there's a lot of there's a hot topic right now. It's called Lasix. Um, I'm sure you've heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. But she bled very badly that day. And and there was a, a lot of indications she may not even make the Kentucky Oaks. In fact, I've read various articles that said you and both Tom said, hey, if she wasn't doing her best or if she showed any signs of distress, we weren't going to run. Tell us a little bit about what was going on and, and how you felt after the Fairground Oaks. Yeah, so the, this sport is full of highs and lows. And, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, that was a, a low like a low because um, – you know, she's the one to five favorite. And again, we had a huge crew there, including three of my four daughters and we're standing there and, and you're never, 
expecting to win, but gosh, I thought we were going to win. And we were, you know, uh, and then she just pulled up and the, it was just so scary because she stopped to a walk and then the van came out and I thought, and, and, you know, James Graham jumps off of her and I thought, oh my gosh. So I ran out on the track and turns out she had bled, which was the best thing of those worst things you could think. Right. And, um, so it was, it was deflating, but, but more so, um, you know, we both, Tom and I were, were, you know, it sounds cliche and people can say what they want to say, but we both were, we had a, a, a we're on the same page and how we think about things. And, and we both said, look, we're going to do what's right by the horse. And, um, so we just started from scratch again and, and, um, and, and she worked and we, you know, we progressed through training and she worked and really declared that she was okay. But, but really there's a lot of fear and unknown about, you know, what's going to happen and horses bleed and, 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 and it's part of uh, their breed at this point, but it doesn't mean that they're bad bleeders. They can have an isolated event, whether they had an antigen response to something in their environment that day, or they were sick or something happened from a, you know, a stress standpoint that was out of the norm or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Um, and so she bled that day, but she's <clears> never shown anything before nor since. And so, um, you know, I know that the Lasix debate will fuel and it's caught right in the middle of this debate. And, um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that horse, by the way. So, so, um, you know, letting her run, um, whether it's the Lasix that she was treated with the next time or not, letting her run and do what she wants to do and show what she can do is, as far as I'm concerned, a really healthy thing. So going into the Oaks after that, monster workout too what was your confidence level like knowing yes she loves churchill but you just had the bleeding incident and there was a heavy heavy favorite in bellavina right um you know uh i we wouldn't have run her if we didn't think that she was right and mm-hmm. if you did get to see her monster work before it was a monster work she yeah it was incredible and um and she did it in hand and just her you know, times are only times, but her times were dominant, but the way she did it was just incredible. So we had a lot of confidence in her, but there always is the unknown. We were, um, we, we thought that she wouldn't have a problem with bleeding, but you really don't know that. And then, um, and then we also drew the 13 post in a heavy speed laden field mm-hmm. with, you know, a, a Bellafina coming in as this kind of dominant favorite. So um, we start, I, I didn't go into it with the mindset of, oh, this is our race to lose, but we wouldn't have put her in there if we didn't think she had a shot. And I really, in my heart, believe that she's a freak. And if she can run the wake and she can run, she could win the race. And she did. Joel, what was, this is called the horse owned experience. Tell us a little bit about the experience of the day leading up to the race. And then did you you're the kind walkover? of, yeah, the feelings through it. Cause that, that's what we have to give to our, our listeners. Yeah. So, um, okay. So anybody who's ever thinking of owning a horse, who's listening, who hasn't owned a horse. And I'll tell you this, it, whether it's, we won the Kentucky Oaks, but having been there one, um, um, on the lesser scale, if you can be there and your horse is winning and they're coming down the stretch, your heart will be pounding out of your chest and you'll be <laughs> jumping up and down and you'll find yourself yelling and screaming, <laughs> even if you're not a yeller or screamer. And I think that's a universal um, statement about how people behave. And, and so, so, so winning a race at any level is the greatest thrill. So then winning the Oaks, <laughs> you know, winning the Oaks is uh, 
taking it to the next level. We did the walkover. We went to the barn an hour before the race and we just hung out with all the horses and fed them peppermints and all my friends. We just sat back there and had a great time. And then we walked over with uh, my group of 18 and Tom's family and Tom's friends and, and then and Serengeti. And there's 100,000 fans screaming and waving at you and taking pictures and you feel like you're a celebrity, but the horse is really the celebrity. And, um, and, uh, um, so, you know, the whole thing is just something that you, you, that most people, unfortunately will probably never get to experience, but I can tell you it was an unbelievable experience. And then, um, and then the, the opportunity to win was, um, you know, I mean, I said it, but my heart was pounding out of my chest and I jumped, I'm 50 now. I jumped like I was an 18 year old basketball <laughs> player. Again. And, um, Joel, and, how do, uh, how do we say your last name? Make, we, we've been talking Politi. about the Politi. Okay. Politi. Joel Politi. Politi. Sorry yep. to interrupt you. I just didn't want to get that wrong. Um, Joel. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it, it's a great, it's, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience that, but winning a race is an unbelievable experience. Well, and did you get to tell all your friends, we get to go to this room and get champagne. I know <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we didn't because there was a press conference afterwards. Oh, oh, god, oh, bummer! You had to do a press conference, and they, yeah, they they promptly whisked us off to the press conference right after thirty minutes to answer questions. So we didn't go to the champagne room this time. I guess that that's only for the um, grade two stakes. Did they give oh, you? Did they give you champagne at this press conference? No, <laughs> they offered they just us stick you down anything with some we wanted. Water. Anything you wanted. <laughs> okay, we had a bottle of water. All right, you had a bottle of water. What's you, I did I didn't need the champagne. I was fine. What's next I for a, uh I got a question real quick. It doesn't seem like you do breeding and obviously now you have this filly that's gonna have some serious broodmare potential. Have you talked about her post racing career yet? Yeah, so um I do own a couple of broodmares, um and actually I'm a uh, my good friend Jamie Lonica and I are part owners at Anchor and Hope Stud in uh, Maryland in Holy Boss. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, I I do have a couple of broodmares that are there that just had uh, uh, really good looking weanlings, and um, they're nice mares. And I have um, so um, she's at the level that we wouldn't send her there probably, but um, <laughs> you know my my uh, my my wife is so in love with this horse that I don't think that we're ever going to have to going to be able to sell her. <laughs> oh, that's that's a, that's so, a good and a bad thing. Right. She yeah, she, she could fund like, some of your racehorse obsession too. This is true, um but luckily I'm in a position where I don't really need to do that right. and um and I think that it's a luxury but we'll uh, we'll pro- I mean, you know, life takes turns, we never know, but as of right now, I have no plans to sell. What's next for Serengeti Empress, Joel? Uh, well, Tom and I were talking today, and we're going to lay out a plan. Uh, I'm having dinner with him Saturday. We're going to lay out a plan for the for the year, kind of, although obviously those things can change. But, um, you know, she's performed at the highest level, so we'll keep her at that level. And, you know, there's a bunch of three-year-old Philly grade one stakes that happen throughout the course of the summer and mm-hmm. into the fall. And, um and the most logical place to go next is the acorn. Um, but we'll kind of, uh, you know, set that in stone over the next couple of weeks, probably. There's a big race out here in California in November. Could she uh, possibly show up in that race? It's called the Breeders' Cup uh, Distaff, is it Distaff. called nowadays? Yeah, I've heard of that race. Um, <laughs> if, uh, 
you know, if the stars and the moon align and we have a good year and she's healthy, then then we'll be out there visiting you guys. All right. Well, we'd love to have you and make sure you say hello. Joel Politi, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations winning the Kentucky Oaks with Serengeti Empress. We wish you all the success in, success in the world. And my mom said you are an excellent spokesman for horse racing. She's listening. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. And um, keep doing the good work that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joel. Joel Politi. Owner okay. Serengeti Empress here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle, great guest. What? How Can well I just spoken? Say, like he, his description of like the euphoria after a win. Like I can just picture him like looking up at the ceiling. Like what just happened? No, it was incredible. I felt it. Like my heart is pounding right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sweating. I'm in a full sweat. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, you know, and it really it shows. I mean, she was purchased for seventy thousand. Um, it wasn't like she was a one point two million dollar uh, filly. Right. Um, and you know, it, we've said it so many times on our show, and this is the soapbox Billy edition of the show, uh, that these good horses can come from everywhere and they don't have to be hundred thousand, 200,000, 500,000. And, and he even admitted it. He was a claiming guy, right? And Tom Amos claiming guy. Um, and they found a good horse. The one question I forgot to ask, I wanted to find out about Jose Ortiz because uh, James Graham had ridden her, Corey Lannery had ridden her, um, and they went with Jose Ortiz, and, and we just simply ran out of time because we have about 10 minutes to discuss every other race that happened over the weekend, which is going to be a giant challenge. But um, very good guest. Michelle Yu, incredible. Uh, and my mom just said it shows that dreams can come true. She is now our number oh, one listener sweet. to the show. And uh, she's having the time of her life. So um, congratulations again to Joel Politi and his family. And I'm sorry that I did sing a little bit of uh, And Tom Africa. Amos, too. And Tom Amos. And thank you, Tom Amos, for thank you, Tom uh, Amos. facilitating that. Yeah, and we'll get Joel. Uh, Michelle will tweet out the show, and we'll get you guys to listen in. Um, wow, how exciting. I would love to win the Kentucky Oaks. Wouldn't you? I would love to win any race at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Okay. Yes. All right. Kentucky so, Michelle, awesome. what, how are we going to do this in 10 minutes? Uh, okay. Go through, like, what do we start with, Friday? Well, yeah. I mean, no offense. There was 20 graded stakes races this weekend, right. so no offense to the majority of them, but we're probably just going to stick with, like, the grade oh, ones. Churchill, right? Well, the, yeah, let's um, talk about the grade ones. Okay, so obviously the Derby we've talked about. Brooks and Mortar took the Old Forester Turf Classic, well, which he's... I didn't think he was going to get there. Oh, he's a beast. Uh, right? Clarevich Stables, Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz, who had one hell of a weekend. Uh, he is turned into the the premier long-distance turf horse in the country. Uh, he's he's something. Okay. Yep. Um, next race, the Pat Day Mile, even though it wasn't a grade one, Mr. Money, I thought, looked super impressive in there. And going back to the Louisiana Derby, Mr. Money was the horse that they were talking about from the Brett Calhoun stable. Yeah, he was uh, extremely impressive. Disappointed, obviously. The big disappointment was Instagram, who was a heavy, heavy favorite. Not for me. I told you that horse was a I did, too. I did, too. I told you. But uh, we're not going to play that game. He still was a disappointment. Okay. Many other people did bet bet on him and uh, mm-hmm. and play him, and he was disappointed. And of course, we root for Larry Best. So, uh, but I'm sure he'll rebound and come home, and Hollendorf will have better days with him. But congratulations to the Allied Racing Stable. Um, that's our guy who was on our show. Yep. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. So, Chester. Chester, and another um, Golden Sense American- win. 
The American Turf, presented by Ram Trucks, went to Digital Age, who was trained by Chad Brown, owned by Clarevich. Not sure if you've ever heard of them before in a well, turf they race, just, but they yeah. won that other one. Yeah, they did. And I thought that a thread of blue, I really liked him in this race. I think the soft turf might have gotten him. I thought he ran a yeah. huge race. two horse, right? No, no, it was the one for Leonard Green and the Kieran McLaughlin, Leonard who, Leonard who, Leonard, who okay. he led from uh, you know start to almost finish. He's a really, really uh, nice son of hard spun who we'll be hearing about in the future in these kind of races. All right, so I had a great exacta in the Churchill Downstakes, yeah. uh, which went to Matoli, who I loved, and then my big boy Bobby's Wicked one got up for second. Although I did prefer him at ten to one, I think he went off at like seven to one. Yeah. Um, but Matoli is a beast. Oh my goodness, uh, the Heigelbrots, the Heiligbrots. I can't say that name for some Heiligbrot. reason. Yes, uh, Steve Asmussen, who also had a monster who won weekend. Four races on the day. If he I'm not was. Um, he this this he, a lot of the question uh, about Matoli was could he get seven furlongs? Well, um, he had sure. no problem getting seven furlongs, winning his one, two, three, four, five, six straight race. He is the premier sprinter in the country right now, and will be interested. I hope that he sticks around and and can come out for the Breeders' Cup Sprint here at Santa Anita. By the way, he's a D Trunick. Okay, let's not talk about Trunick every single time. They don't sponsor the show. I know. <laughs> okay, sorry. I won't mention another one. Okay. Uh, the Longines Turf Distaff Mile was a huge payday for me, too, because I had Beau Recall with a $23 win right there. You are on fire. Beau Recall, I, who I was literally... She was no good in Southern California. I mean, she had lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven races in a row before last December. They moved her for Brad Cox from Simon Callahan. She wins the uh, little stake. Then she comes on second little stake. She wins the New uh, New Orleans Ladies Breeders' Cup stake. And now, boom, she wins this for Slam Dunk Racing. What a huge weekend in medallion racing who our friends from TaylorMade, Irad Ortiz, Brad Cox. Congratulations. Bo Recall now really is is one of the uh, top older fillies in the country. Humana Distaff, grade one event for Philly Sprinters, where Mia Mischief added to that big day of Asmussen's. She looked super impressive just rolling there. Marley's Freedom came late, but she just didn't get there fast enough. Heilig Bratz again for Steve Asmussen. A very big performance from Mia Mischief. I didn't see this coming, um, but uh, uh, really, really big win getting her grade one in the Humana Distaff. And um, let's see, the turf, the Twin Spires turf sprint went to World of Trouble, who beat him by like 10, which I'm not sure is possible on a five for a long turf sprint. But Well, you're looking at a horse that could, that's won now grade ones on, or was it a grade one? No, grade, grade two. two. Uh, but he's won on dirt and turf. He just won the grade one Carter. He is he is an electric sprinter, and it'd be interesting to see what where they go with uh, with him. I think um, right. Michael Dub, amongst others, I'm sure Madikit has a has a part of that horse. Um, he is he is really something. He's incredibly fast. I mean, when you watch him run, he's, he runs like he's he's trying to escape from something. And his right. only his only loss in that's his last that seven that, Billy, because that's how he runs. Like his butt is like scooting under. He's him the running whole time like with he, his head up in the air. Yeah. Like, ah! Like he just robbed a bank and there's like a thousand cops chasing him or something. Uh, that was his sixth win in his last seven starts. The only time he lost, he put up 118 buyer when he lost to Stormy Liberal in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. How about that? Wow. That's the only race he lost with a 118 buyer speed figure. That's crazy. Whew, unbelievable. Uh, the La Troyenne, I guess. No, we do we need to talk about that? From you. Do we need to talk we about that? We need to talk about it. Yeah, we do. We That's do. It's so depressing. Uh, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Obviously, I was rooting on Secret Spice with every ounce of my being. Oh, me too. 
Do you think if she had won, she would have gotten brought down? She was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's a good question, Michelle. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think so. I think, you know, I talked to Giovanni Franco, and for those of you who didn't we, uh, watch the race, Secret Spice broke from the nine hole. She kind of got, she was hung three wide in the first turn, um, took the lead, turning for home, opened up a substantial, like a three-length lead, and was run down very late, like within the last 200 yards by She's a Julie, who's a really, really nice filly for Steve Asmussen and Whispering Oaks Farm and Team Hanley and, and uh, our good friends Peter Pete Bradley. Um, congratulations to them getting their grade one, which they really deserved. Their, their filly ran a great race. Secret Spice gave her five pounds, Michelle, Ran forty six more feet according to Trackus, and you know just. And it's not like she's a big old beast. No, and she got a little tired. I mean, what what happened was when they yeah. turned for home, she kind of saw daylight and she kind of veered in a little bit. And then what happened was Giovanni saw the other horse coming, and he actually told me that he moved her to the outside to right. kind of make sure that she saw. Her, I felt like he like leaned on her. Yeah, yeah. She he said she gave it everything she had, and at the sixteenth pull, she thought she was done. And he's like, um, no, 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 we still have a little more. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the furthest she's ever run. That is a mile and a 16th. That stretch is extremely long. And in hindsight, you know, a lot of people have come up and thought that Giovanni moved too soon, um, mm-hmm. with the long stretch. I talked to Gio about it and he said, you know, looking back, he said he wished he actually would have moved sooner and put more ground and more distance in yes. between them. Um, which is really counterintuitive, but I thought was actually kind of smart. Um, he maybe waited a little too long to really kick clear. Uh, but you know, give, give she's a Julie all the credit. She, she ran a big race. Um, she had the right trip and a great job by her jockey, uh, Ricardo Santana jr. And it was nice to see him with his little girl. So really good story, tough for us, but you know, secret spice, I think, I think what she proved there is that she belongs in with, with the big girls and right. uh, we're pointing her towards hopefully the Clement Hirsch at Del Mar, and that might be a meeting with uh, Paradise Woods. So another meeting with Paradise oh. Woods. So that could be a really, really interesting race at Del Mar that, uh, this summer. Um, the Ali Sheba, I thought, super impressive win there by McKenzie. He was unbelievable and a great ride by Mike Smith. Talk about tactician. He let uh, Tom's detat. Um, kind of go on with the race at about the half mm-hmm. mile pole, and then he swung McKenzie to the outside, and he won for absolute fun in that race. Uh, Mike Pegram, Carl Watson, Paul Whiteman, our good friends, and Bobby Baffert uh, on the board at Churchill in the Alley Sheba Grade Two. And I think I heard rumor that McKenzie might be headed to the Met Mile. Oh, really? Yeah, which is interesting. Huh. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. So I think that's interesting too. Yeah. Um, then the, maybe one of the biggest shockers of the weekend was the upset of newspaper of record who was, you know, two to five in an absolute lock and she got beat by concrete rose. And I know that during the handicapping contest, Jonathan Kinchin went all in on her. On newspaper of record? On newspaper of record. Wow. That's amazing. I did not know that. There for two days with like a, $40,000 $40,000 buy-in and no, it was all only, in on her. She gets I beat. think it was only twelve. But yeah, hey, kudos to Concrete Rose who improved and, and ran her down. And I think I think Newspaper Record may have beaten herself. She was very keen early. Uh, I read Ortiz, again, who had a great weekend. Uh, and Klarevich had a great weekend. And Chad Brown had a great weekend. But this was their one disappointment. This was our champion, uh, two-year-old filly. I mean, that was a big ask for that filly to go in this kind of field with not a – she had a race since Breeders' Cup. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. They 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 gave her the acid test right away, and you know what? She's a better filly than that. I think we're going to hear from her down the line too. But uh, oh my god, Michelle, we just talked so much and so fast. Okay, well, right. there's just one race left. The okay. eight bells. Oh, the eight bells. 
Um, very, uh, talk about an impressive performance, I this Philly. I actually did not watch that race. Oh, at all. she went wire to wire. She'd won her. She'd won her previous races by a combined thirteen lengths. She won this race by I don't know how many lengths. Took the lead from the start. Never looked back. Is incredibly impressive for Klein Racing trainer Brad Cox, who had a big weekend, and Sean Brigmahan. Um, this filly will be heard from. She's probably headed, I would imagine, to a, a race like the Test, and she is very, very fast. So congratulations to them. What a weekend, Michelle. We have a two minutes left. Can you tell us just what's happening at, at Santa Anita this weekend? Any, any big races or, or fun stuff? Oh, well, we always have fun stuff. First of all, can I just go back to Derby weekend because we say that we always have the biggest Derby party west of Kentucky is what our tagline is. And we did have nearly 30,000 people on track to join in for the Derby. So that was really exciting. And people watch on the big screen. It's obviously we're not there, but it ends up being a really fun um, day. So thank you to everybody that came out and enjoyed the Kentucky Derby with us at Santa Anita. Uh, this week coming up, we do have, of course, $2 beers on Fridays. So if you're around, that's a great day. On Saturdays, we're going to have the Santa Barbara Steaks. And then on Sundays is the Franz Valentine Steaks. And it's also Mother's Day brunch at the races. So uh, look online for a package. Bring your mom out for a great day. I know they do like a champagne brunch with like a little flower and all kinds of things. So nothing big going on as we kind of have a, a lull week as we get ready for Preakness because we will have a huge um, you know, day of fun stuff going on for Preakness. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Preakness next week. We'll we'll have the probables and maybe we can get one of the probables. And they're uh, not they're not gonna include Country House. Country House not gonna run, Maximum Security not gonna run, Rita Koch coming to Mother's Day at Santa Anita next week. Shell, happy Mother's Aww. Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thank you to TaylorMade for sponsoring the show and Santa Anita and Del Mar and special thanks to Joel Politi, who is uh who was luckily was not in surgery as a doctor, Michelle, as or it turns out. Surgery. Yeah. Uh <laughs> congratulations to Joel and his family for Sarah Empress's huge win in the grade one Kentucky Oaks. Michelle, what a great show. Thanks for everything. Really appreciate all you do. And we'll be back next week. And thanks to all the listeners, all you guys who download our show. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Um, and keep listening. And if you have any questions, just tweet us at own a horse at the Michelle U at BKLRF. You can email me Billy at little And, uh, we look forward to next week talking about getting ready for the Preakness and that's it, Michelle. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I started the show tired and I ended the show tired. No complaints here, though. A lot of fun. Right? A lot of fun. Thanks, Michelle. We'll see you this weekend. Bye, guys. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. This horse is the complete package. He's won from seven furlongs to a mile and eight. He's won on dual surfaces. He's won with and without Lasix. And he's traveled around the world and fought his A game with him. He showed that he was a very top class dirt horse. Balance is key and you know, he was just perfectly proportioned. I think that's what made him so athletic and so efficient on the track. Standing at TaylorMade Farms.